You are listening to the Wannabe Collective, your new variety podcast featuring every fandom that you could possibly think of. On the Wannabe Collective, all wannabes are welcome. Welcome all to the show. You are listening to Keeping It Real from the Wannabe Collective. Man, that just rolls right off the tongue. You know what it I sure mean? Does. It it it's nice. Hey, you shut up. I haven't introduced you yet. I'm just contributing to the conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. We need some wild guns like you every once in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, tonight we are going to be reviewing Empire Strikes Back. It is me, Caleb Henley, and Elijah Middlesworth, a.k.a. one of the beer bros from the east side. Hello. Um, he's making his Keeping It Real debut. Uh, I don't know if we can technically say you're part of the collective because you and that other idiot have only put out one episode, and I know for a fact you still have the second episode, and you just haven't sent it to me yet. So I don't I'm know what's going. I don't know what's on going on toes. with that. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Toes, I'm ready to laugh. Is all I'm trying to say. But no, <laughs> um, gentlemen, it's good to have you here. Uh, sadly, Rex and Ryan could not make it tonight. God rest their souls. Um, I'm super excited to be uh, talking about Return of the Jedi. It's not Empire Strikes Back. It's Return of the Jedi. I think I might have said Empire Strikes Back and that was that. But tonight we're, we're, we're reviewing Return of the Jedi after we do some catching up and we talk to Elijah about what he's all about. Um, a bit of housekeeping first before I intro my guests yet again and ask them what they've been up to. Uh, make sure you're keeping your eyes over on Game Club because we have some episodes dropping there in the future. Of course, you can become a patron uh, on Patreon to get those. That's like you know, that's like my pride and joy. Game Club. That you can find the Game Club podcast video form uh, on the Wannabe Critic YouTube channel. Um, been posting over there a lot, so definitely check that out. And uh, Caleb has informed me, in fact, that there will be a new episode of Retro Reviews sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah <kidding>. sure uh <laughs> let me uh let me text oh, rex God. real quick caleb was like oh gabe i hate you so much <laughs> uh, that now, facial expression though that was that was intense yeah i should have yeah that was so i'm just, that was priceless like we should cap that um so i have a question for you guys is it wrong to buy all of the limited edition Rockstar Halo Energy drinks in your area so that no one else in your area can get those energy drinks. I mean, it seems a little selfish to me. It is selfish. That's... I'm asking, is it wrong? Absolutely not. Thank you. That's that's the answer <laughs> I was looking for right there. Because that's exactly what I did. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. Yeah, so uh, fun fact for you. If you buy special edition Halo Rockstar energy drinks and you can collect all five of the cans, you'll get special rewards if you collect all five. But it gives you in-game rewards for Halo Infinite. So I've like already gotten most of the rewards you can get. <laughs> and I have so much Rockstar. And here's the funny thing. is I don't really drink Rockstar that much. I just wanted the codes. It's like a Marvel's Avengers situation on the with the five gum. People were just like buying it just for the codes. So, yeah, I'm I'm a Halo shill at this point. But, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, welcome to the show. Uh, Caleb Henley, how are you feeling tonight, man? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling pretty great. I'm happy to be here talking Star Wars, as always. It's going to be a fun night. Yeah, I'm excited. And I, I, I had a strange feeling at the end of Return of the Jedi where I was like, I'm ready to watch the prequels again. Or the sequels again, excuse me. Like, I'm excited to watch the sequels again and kind of reassess my feelings on those because each time i watch them 
I find something that I like and something I don't like every time. Um, so I'm super excited to, to get to those, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy you're, you're here too, Caleb. Um, Elijah, how are you feeling, bro? Oh, I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Glad, happy to be here. I've been listening, uh, all since all the Star Wars episodes and Empire was the last straw. I was like, uh, Gabe, I need to be on this. Like, ASAP, I got to talk Star Wars with you guys. The la- oh, just the last straw and just like you you were listening and you were like, wait a minute. I'm like a part of this like umbrella. Why am I not there? You know, every exactly. time I talk. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. I thought, I thought you were taking umbrage with one of our opinions or something like that. Oh, I, I, I do. And I just won't let you know which one it is yet. Oh, well, there's going to be a fight tonight, isn't there? <laughs> uh, I re- it would surprise you. <laughs> I really hope it's not mine. Oh, <laughs> well, it's funny. That's what happens when you don't show up for every show. Uh, anyone from the collective who's listening, um, we are going to talk crap about you. So uh, there's just <laughs> – no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What was it Caleb said uh, off mic um, that Ryan and Ethan were – what was the word you used, Caleb? Um. Oh, boy. It was – Way to put them on the reasonable, spot, reasonable, reasonable, reasonable um, takes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that they had I was so happy. Takes? No, that I was the only one that had reasonable takes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, so they're gonna they're gonna, be, they're gonna kill me oh, in the next podcast. Like, God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows if Ryan even listens to it? I'd I'd be shocked. But Ethan's probably laughing in his car right now. So there you go, Ethan. Um, it was funny whenever I was editing it. Uh, Ethan made a comment or just tried to make a dig at the prequels and or at the sequels, excuse me. And you were just kind of like, come on, man. Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, just very calm and collected. Like, you're like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But anyways, it, it uh, becomes a it becomes a bad joke after a while. Yeah, bad overused joke. It's like, you know, we, it, it, I, I finally think I start to realize now, like the people who grew up with the prequels who really liked them. I now feel their pain because, you know, all we got to do, I think you've made this point before, Cable. All we got to do is wait like 10 years and everyone's going to be defending the sequels. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, know? you for preaching my, my uh, sermon that I always tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kayla's made that same point too. So it, but anyways, yeah, we're, we're here. We all love Star Wars and, and it's various iterations, you know, whether you like the movies or the, the games or the books or all of it. This one's for you. Here you go. Natural light, boys. What, what? Yeah, so I'm drinking. I have a natural light and I have a little bit of Woodford double oaked and some water. Also, if you're a video watcher, I showed Caleb this off mic. I made probably the most um, interesting purchase I've made in a long time. And it, it's, it's for my health. So it's justified. But I don't have to go to the kitchen to get any water now. <laughs> Look at that thing. Would that cost you like 80 bucks? <laughs> uh, plus $40. <laughs> um, You're not going to have to go to the kitchen for like two years. Yeah, I know. But you will have to go to the bathroom though. Like 50 times, you know. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to not drink too much, too many liquids during the show tonight. Um, yeah, but no, what's everyone else drinking tonight? Caleb, what do you got? Um, I have a Stella um, Artois. Nice I think that's choice. how you say that. Yep. And before that, I was drinking PBR. So, yeah, just oh, great stuff all the way around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stepping it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like PBR. I don't have any issues with PBR. You know what I really like, though? I like Bush Light. 
shout out to Mikey Collins because Mikey was like, dude, you got to get it on Bush Light. So I, I, there was a time where I was on a Bush Light kick for a while. Everyone, anyone who knows me knows Natural Light is my go-to light beer. Like, it's delicious. It is. It, ice cold? Come on. But I, I, I drank like a 12-pack of Bush Light, and I was like, I see the appeal. So I ran out of Natty's. I was about to run out, run out of Natty's. So I bought a case of Bush Light, and it's in the background. It's sitting on the floor waiting to be refrigerated. So there you have it. Shout out to Mikey Collins. I, uh, I like that uh, reiteration was I was, out of, I was out of Natty Light. Well, I was almost out of Natty Light. I, I, lo- I love that clarification there. That was perfect. Yeah, because I only had like three <laughs> or four left in the fridge, you know. But anyways, <laughs> that's not important. Elijah, what are you drinking? Uh, I got some Eagle Rare in the glass right now, and then. Um, oh my God! I- shut up! Oh, I'm not drinking anything crazy. Just, <laughs> just, I'm just drinking hey. some Eagle Rare. I'm good. Hey, oh hey, my God! Hey, calm down. Trying to flex. He's trying to. He's trying to freaking flex I'm not on me and flexing, Caleb. I'm not flexing at all. I literally enjoy the stuff, and my wife's upstairs, so she can't yell at me for drinking it. So. Nice. Yeah. And then shout out to after Allie. That, yeah, Allie is a bourbon snob if I ever met one. Um, she only likes the sixty dollars and up bourbon. Oh my god! Uh, so you know, no, no, no big deal there. But I got Eagle Rare in the glass now, and then after that's finished, I'm gonna top her off with some 1792. Underrated. Very underrated. Underrated. Extremely underrated. It's good. It's good bourbon. Yeah, very good bourbon. See, there you go. Little little mini beer bros and a little mini bourbon bros for you, ladies and gentlemen. A show within a show. You can't get that type of thing anywhere else except for here, on the wanna you know from wannabe critic productions. I just have to stop and say too. I'm like super proud of these projects. The fact that we can get together and like, you know, Elijah and Caleb don't know each other from Adam. They're just, you know, connection. Their connection is via me. So the fact that we can get together and podcast and, you know, have it go pretty smoothly, you know, at the top of the show, you can't ask for more because then you're probably in for a pretty fun show. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Don't worry. It's going to get awkward later. <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> Well, the Avengers even fought sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Caleb, what's uh, what's been new in your world? Um, not a whole lot. Um, been playing a couple games, still playing the show a little bit. That's been kind of fun um, going through and playing that. And then I have been going back and replaying um, Jedi Fallen Order for an upcoming project that me and you are doing. If you're going to uh, drop or tease retro reviews that haven't been recorded yet, I'm going to tease game club stuff that hasn't been recorded yet. It's in true wannabe fashion. I mean, you can do that all day long. It could be it could be next year though by the time that comes out. But it's going to happen. Yeah, I have. I was telling I was telling Caleb I'm finally getting the itch to play that game because I remember booting it up after it came out, being like, "Wow, this is gorgeous!" Like played an hour of it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll get to it later." Never touched it. Oh, you never you never finished the game. Never finished it. Whoa, really? Yeah. You're in for you're in for a treat, my friend. It's really it's are. it's a great great ending to a game. It's a great story. I I I love the storyline through that game. Fantastic story. We see a lot of things and, and we'll get into it later, but we'll see a lot of things that we never would have seen if it wasn't for that game. Like a lot of aspects of how things went down. Well, Elijah you know, should Elijah should join us on get on that episode then. That would, that could be fun. 100%. I'll had me on. I'll be there. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for dropping that, Caleb. What else you been up to? Um, not a whole lot other than that. I'm still kind of reading through uh, Air to the Empire for the first time. I've never read the original um, Thrawn trilogy, so almost done with that. I think I've got like maybe like 20 pages left. 
Um, but really enjoying it. I mean, I, that book is awesome. I can't wait to get into the next two. Um, really, really it, cool stuff. That whole storyline, like they make Luke out to be such the, like such a BA, you know, in this movie. And then literally the next thing it's like, nope, can't use any of your abilities. You know, it's more yeah. of a, it's more, it's really more of a Luke Skywalker, you know, family for like family and friends story. It's not really like a Jedi story as much. Yeah. And it kind of yeah, threw yeah. me for a loop, but uh, yeah, that's, that's rad. I can't wait to hear what you think of it when you finish it. So dope. Um, Elijah, what's been new in your world, man? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just, uh, trying to finally, uh, get beer bros episode two, uh, done. Um, and that's uh, failing miserably because I am extremely busy. But just playing some uh, Destiny, really, just me and Jake. And whenever you finally find time to play with us, Gabe, we'd play with you too. Hashtag uh, Destiny Diaries <laughs> is all I'm trying to say. Destiny, Destiny Diaries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I brewed a couple beers not too long ago. I have a, a, a stout on tap right now. And then I have a scotch ale in the in the barrel aging right now until uh, once my stout gets out, out of tap, out of the keg, it, I'll keg that and... That'll be up next. So got a, got a nice uh, couple little projects going on, which is great. That's awesome. I so badly want to tell people about um, something super special that mm-hmm. is going to be involving Elijah. And anytime it comes up and I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to be so cool whenever it's ready. But we mm-hmm. can't talk about it. But all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, is that it involves something that Elijah was just talking about. So – Stay tuned. Watch this. Continue to watch this space because it's going to be yeah. cool. It's going to be cool whenever we're finally ready to do it. When the announcement finally drops, I'm going to be stoked of how the yeah. response is going to be. I'm going to weep because it's been like, <laughs> you know, it's been it's literally since the inception of Beer Bros. I've wanted to do this. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll you know, it'll, it'll be fun to kind of roll that out whenever the time comes. But gentlemen, it's it's a lot of fun to it's, it's awesome to, to be with you guys and to. To do this, um, it's good. Been good to hear what you've been up to. Myself, uh, I bought a GameCube and a Game Boy Player and a uh, HDMI adapter for such, because I am going to be starting a new type of series on my YouTube channel called the Wannabe Rewind, where I play retro games. Um. And I think I'm going to start with Pokemon. Um, I'm, I'm currently playing Pokemon right now. And it's more of a passion project. It doesn't get a ton of views even right now. But I think with time, you know, you know, anything you post on YouTube can be exponential as long as you're continuing to post. So I'm pretty excited about that project. I got the Wii U. I actually hacked my Wii U. So uh, I can do a lot of things with my Wii U that even the Switch can't do. Like um, play GameCube games on my Wii U. So that's cool. Um, yeah, but in general, just been, uh, you know, edit, editing a lot of videos and playing a lot of games. I've been playing a lot of Halo, super excited for infinite, um, destiny, of course, been playing that, been playing through control for game club with Ryan Dalton. Um, excited to get back to Alan Wake as well to play the remastered version. I pre-ordered that. Uh, and as well as um, we got a, the, a special project we're doing with the guys from Bush League Gaming, um, we're playing all of the uh, Super Giant games. So I'm currently playing through Pyre and Hades right now. So good, good fun. And of course, we have Halo episodes, 
rolling out on Game Club like every couple of weeks. So I think Halo 3 just came out. Halo 4 will be out in a couple weeks and then Halo 5 will be out. And then we have a special episode coming up where we're going to be like trading like Halo multiplayer war stories. <laughs> so like, you know, those, cou those couch co-op moments or, you know, like moments we had online. I think uh, me, Ethan, Jace... My, yeah, me, Ethan, Jace, potentially Mikey. Uh, we're going to try and have like a bigger discussion for that. So um, you guys are more than welcome to join. It's going to be, you know, I think the, the more the merrier, you know, and, and that'll be in prep for Halo Infinite's launch. So super excited. A lot of stuff going on. Super duper busy. A lot of stuff going on secularly as well. And um, I, I, I'm enjoying my life. I can't complain. Oh, one, la one last little tidbit. Our one of our Munchkin cats had her kittens. Oh yeah, yeah, three of them, <laughs> three kittens. It's kind of weird. Only got three, huh? Yeah, only had three, and none of them are short legged. So you know, there's that. Oh really? <laughs> oh, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, but it's okay. It'll be all right. But it is kind of it is kind of cute because they're you know we have kittens in the house right now. So. Oh, one thing I do want to bring up since you brought that up, Gabe. The so Gabe uh, DMs a D and D game. Uh, with me and the other half of Beer Bros Eastside, uh, Jake Labriere, and our wives. And Emma is a part of it, too. It's a Star Wars theme. Dude, A plus on the storytelling. Like, it, it's at this point, it's not so much a D&D &D game. It's literally just listening to Gabe talk, at, like reading a choose-your-own-adventure game, and I get to say which way down the hallway I want to go. A plus, dude. That, that was awesome. And while that was happening... Munchkin cats were being born yeah, last, like last we it was session. like all this like frenzy of us trying to get together to play, and I was super happy with that last session. I was, and too. um, you know, it was pretty like dialogue heavy and like story heavy, but there'll be plenty of other times where it'll be you know super battle heavy and stuff like that. But stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen, because you may be able to hear that entire thing at some point in the future because we've been recording <laughs> every session. So with some heavy editing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate the compliment. It was a, a total, you know, nerd project, you know, it's, it's a total nerd project and there's a balance of trying to like make things seem cool versus like that would never have happened. But I can say yeah. like, without a doubt, I could have seen that scenario playing out that way. It's like, you don't know, you know, right, right. So yeah, stay stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe maybe next year or some somewhere in there, you know, you you might be able to hear it. We'll see. But all right, that's enough of us and us rambling about uh, what we've been up to. It's time to get into the movie review, gentlemen. We don't want to waste the good people's time. Like we don't do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure every time they turn on an episode, they probably get their yeah. time wasted. <laughs> they're like, oh my, god. they're like, oh my god, another beer bros. Whenever the next beer bros episode, people are gonna be like, oh my god, these guys yeah. again. What the heck? Yeah, everyone, we're just giggling the whole time. I mean, yeah. that's that's not podcasting. That was a fun episode to listen to. Um, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. When the Empire prepares to crush the Rebellion with a more powerful Death Star, the Rebel fleet counters with a massive attack on the space station. In a final clim climactic duel, Luke Skywalker confronts Darth Vader. Um, so, Return of the Jedi was one of those movies where, growing up, it was my favorite. And I figured out why this time through watching it. This movie's action-packed. 
I mean, it is like action packed, like very, like we have our characters that is that are established, you know, now even after Empire, and and I think this this movie kind of helped me realize how good of a job they set up the characters in Empire, um, because everything that happens in this movie totally makes sense, um, for the characters. Uh, I'm assuming you gentlemen like this movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Caleb. Yeah, have you definitely. mentioned? Have you said before too? Like growing up, this was like your favorite as well. Yeah, because um, for whatever weird reason, this is the only Star Wars movie that we owned for a large stretch of time. Um, so this is like if I ever wanted to watch a Star Wars movie, this is the Star Wars movie that we had available to watch. And yeah, I love this movie. Um, I think what you said about like pacing or uh, it being action packed is so true. And while Empire is a fantastic movie, this is, movie is just su- at such a faster pace than Empire is. Um, it just makes it really a really fun watch. And while some of the stuff isn't always super great, and we'll get into that, um, a lot of it is really good. And I love, you know, the final act of how they they are able to juggle. You know, Lando in the Millennium, Luke on the Death Star, and Han and Leia down on Endor. They're able to juggle that so well. It makes for a really good climax to a movie. And we'll get into all of this, but yeah, I, I love this movie. Yeah. Same for you, Elijah. Yeah, I totally agree. And we'll, like Caleb said, we'll get into it. You know, action packed. The story is great. Acting, maybe not be up to par still, but, you know, it, it was the era of things. Yeah, Mark Hamill's at his best in this movie, in my opinion. Um, just in terms of delivery, like whenever he talks to Yoda, I buy it. Whereas before, you know, I, his dialogue is fine in the last movie, but I I think this is where my love of Luke Skywalker really came from was this movie. And yeah, there's a ton to talk about, but um, I think it's it's worth mentioning. You know, we know that Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars especially like the design for Darth Vader. A lot of that comes from the love of like old Kurosawa, Kurosawa movies, things like that, you know, the like samurais in space essentially. And you kind of get that with empire, you know, the knights don't draw their swords until the very end of the, of the, the film, you know, and that would be pretty common, you know, lots of political intrigue. Very, very rarely would you see, Lots of slashy, slashy happening, you know, in older movies, black and white movies. So it just wasn't super, it wasn't super action packed. Not to say there's not action in uh, Empire Strikes Back, because there is. And I almost feel like those duels, you appreci- start to appreciate them a little bit more um, in Empire. And it's so weird to think about how a lot of people's love of Star Wars kind of comes from Return of the Jedi, just based off the fact that there's lightsabers swinging most of the movie, you know, or a lot of the movie. <laughs> Cause that's what it was for me, you know, and my, and my friends was, we love this movie just because you got to see Luke's freaking awesome green lightsaber, like a lot. <clears throat> Fun fact for you. Uh, that the reason that his lightsaber is green, does anyone know why? It had something to do with the backdrop, didn't it? So they met, well, and it, well, Actually, I'm sorry. This isn't a fun fact. It's just it's a fun like consistency thing. Like that's Qui Gon's kyber crystal. Wait, what? Yeah. So like, Oe One had I don't remember where I saw it, but he had like two lightsaber hilts somewhere. 
the green lightsaber is so much more cool than the blue lightsaber, in my opinion. Um, I, I think a little bit of time has passed, you know, in between the events from Empire to Return of the Jedi. I think it's what? Does anyone know? I wish Ethan was here. He would know. I think it's been a few I, months. It's I been, think it, I, it may have been longer than that. I can't. I can't say for sure. Yeah, um, I think I think it's like six months has passed or something like that. Um, can someone look it up? Yeah, I'm doing that now. Yeah, so some time has passed, and one of the biggest issues I have with this movie, and we can just kind of start the conversation off with that, and it fits in the beginning of the movie, you know, whenever we see the droids on their way to Jawa's palace and stuff like that, and Luke shows up, and he's just all of a sudden like this B.A. Jedi. So we're, we're left to believe that. You know, he's like, his, his training is complete. But... Not that much time has passed. He hasn't really changed that much. Obviously, you know, we know based off of Clone Wars, there's lots of meditation and things like that where a Jedi can train, you know, who who knows what Luke encountered, you know, in his time doing whatever. We know that he had to put down, we know he had to put together a new lightsaber. We know that Vader even says that in the movie. Oh, you put together a new lightsaber like your training is complete. And we've seen that, you know, we've also seen that in Clone Wars. The younglings putting their lightsabers together. Mm. But they're not full-fledged Jedi at that point. They're just, you know, Padawans. Right. So what's the, like, what is the change that makes it to where Luke is just all of a sudden, we believe that he is, you know, like he's the dude at the beginning of this movie. What is, what, what is it about him for you guys that makes you think that? Go ahead, Caleb. I think it's probably supposed to be kind of his just confidence and outlook and uh, mental fortitude. It probably has little to do with his actual skill. Um, even though, like, I noticed this time watching it through, like, he's probably improved. He's improved his skills um, a bit. But, yeah, if there's been such little time, we never really get to see or that that happened i think it's a little bit of a plot hole though that you're just supposed to kind of expected to buy into because you know there was a couple of years between those two movies <laughs> and uh yeah in in the moviegoer's mind especially the common viewer in the 80s it's like oh it's been a couple of years right. um even though in the movie it has in the movies it hasn't been so i think it's just a bit of a plot hole and probably something they didn't think a whole ton about when they were making the movie yeah, nice. What What do you think, Elijah? I, I, I agree with Caleb, and, and before I go into it, I did look it up, and, and the best answer I could get is about 10 to 12 months. So it's it's roughly a year is, is the time frame. And I, I agree with Caleb. You know, there probably wasn't a whole lot of thinking happening there. I mean, because, I mean, George Lucas is a fantastic writer, but I, I think he has a very short attention span and doesn't, all the details that he doesn't think are important, us as viewers later down the line we'll look back and be like okay that th- there's a huge hole there um but i also think that i mean he's besides yoda and yoda doesn't even proclaim to be a jedi master anymore it, he, he's literally the only one we have left he's our he's the new hope he's the last hope that we have at this point in time so it's maybe not so much that his training is there to where he can be qualified as a jedi but he has no choice, you know, he has no choice. And by the time that he builds his lightsaber, I think I have it wrote down um, when he builds his lightsaber that completed his Jedi training. You know, I, I, I think personally when he completes his lightsaber, 
he is 100% a Jedi. When he faces Darth Vader, that gives him the uh, qualification or the right even to say that he can continue to pass on what he's learned at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was curious kind of about that because he has that whole conversation with Yoda and Yoda tells him that he has to face Vader. So, I I mean, maybe I misunderstood that of me thinking, well, maybe Luke is just saying he's a Jedi Knight because he's kind of, you know, I don't know, um, what, arrogant? He's <laughs> like, hey, I'm a, Je- I'm a, I'm a Jedi Knight. And then uh, he goes to uh, Endor to see Yoda and Yoda's like, you still have to face Vader before you can really say that about yourself um i don't know maybe that's part of it but that's an interesting concept too it's like you know since he create he made his lightsaber and he's shown that he has grown in his force abilities that he is a jedi knight there but then to be able to actually pass it down to take on pad ones on his own he still has to take steps right and And if we think of oh sorry again go ahead well yeah i was just gonna say too for me as a wannabe critic right you watch that and you're like this makes no sense this makes no sense as a star wars fan it's completely different so mm-hmm. i'll get to what i have to say in a second about the beginning of this film and just why why we as the audience why kids you know there's there's a lot to kind of unpack here why we inherently just look at luke and go holy crap like he is freaking awesome you know in mm-hmm. this movie when there's really on paper, not much of a basis. One year of Jedi training. I mean, he's got a lot of natural talent, but we're to assume that he was he didn't go see Yoda that entire time. Okay. Um, okay. After he promised he would return. So he's had no training. We, granted, we don't know how much training he's had from Obi-Wan or, like I said, you know, Force Visions and stuff like that. Still, though, there's there's a lot there, even at the very beginning of this movie. But, I, Elijah, go, you go first, then I'll, I'll follow up on I'll, – I'll follow up after you. Okay, yeah, I, I just, I was going to say that, you know, if we look back to the Clone Wars, Caleb, I can't remember if you've said in the past that you've watched the Clone Wars before or not, but oh, yeah. what, what what did we see, you know, those younglings go and do on a loom? Who was with them, you know, built, tra- guiding them to build their lightsaber? Yoda. Yeah, so it, it, if we're to believe the beginning of the movie and say that, okay, this whole time, that whole year that that's passed, Luke never made it back to see Yoda until that point in time at the beginning of the movie. Let's just say that that's the truth. He, ha- he obviously had to have had help, whether it was from Obi-Wan or from something Obi-Wan wrote down, a hologram that he wrote. He did it on his own without the most powerful Jedi Master assisting him. See that, ha- that speaks words and bounds to me. So, and here's the thing, too. That's what's that's why this whole thing is interesting to me. Because in Luke's mind, and again, we're kind of we're gonna kind of go back to visual cues. What is Luke wearing the entirety of this movie? What does he have on his person the entirety? He's wearing black, which we know means bad, right? Yet at the end of the movie, you watch his you know lapel kind of come undone. He's had he's been good the whole time. So that's not that's on purpose. So we Luke shows up in black, which we've kind of come to know as Star Wars fans to be like, oh, God, like that person means business. So we inherently, as the audience, take those visual cues to buy whatever, you know, they're trying to ship us. But from Luke's perspective, what you just said, Elijah, he hasn't had that training. He hasn't done anything. He's been in his own head this entire time. And what do we know about Skywalkers? They're hot headed. 
So from an unbiased standpoint, if you're looking at Luke Skywalker, at this point in time, this is incredibly crucial. What finishes his training is whenever he kills Vader. Because he then proves that he's actually a good guy. And he did what, you know, no, what he did basically what literally the most powerful force user still alive thought he couldn't do or couldn't, you know, and he couldn't, he didn't see, he didn't, he didn't account for Luke turning heel and like, you know, cause that entire time you have to infer that the emperor probably knew that Luke was going to be like full of himself and kind of like in his own head and be like, Oh, well I I'll learn. I got this. Like I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm the last Jedi. I can do this through this entire time. And we see that attitude through the entire thing, even on Jabba's barge, he's, you know, he's hacking at fools. He's doing his thing. Like, you know, his body count is pretty high in this movie, actually. So there's a lot of things where it's like, Luke could have been a bad guy very, 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 very easily. You know, based on all the rules we have now, it makes even more sense that he could have been a bad guy. And for a brief moment, he was a very, brief, very brief moment. Yeah. For a brief moment, he turned. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that so interesting and kind of like seeing the full circle moment come. All it would have taken would have been a couple decisions for Qui-Gon to go dark. Like, cause he kind of walked that gray line too. And at the end of this movie, I don't truly believe that Luke Skywalker is a hundred percent good. Like, yes, he passed a very crucial test, but I yeah. think those, those qualities, those principles that he's instilled in himself and what he's gone through after all this trauma is inherent in his character. Right. And we see that all the way up until the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, we do. And, you know, a lot of people don't accept those movies or whatever, but I appreciate now as a Star Wars fan and looking at these movies, you know, kind of for what they are, I appreciate Luke's character even more as a Star Wars fan. Like, watching it this time, like, Luke doesn't always make the right decisions, but he makes the decisions that he thinks are best which is a very un-Jedi thing to do when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because Jedis, as we know, you know, back in the Clone Wars, even back in the Old Republic, it's very one-sided. Even in the High Republic, it's very one-sided. There's very little room for debate. And, yeah, there's no wiggle room at all. Yeah, and I, I, I love kind of seeing Luke Skywalker usher in this new wave of the Jedi mentality. It's super-duper interesting. So... From a wannabe critic standpoint, um, it doesn't make any sense for me because I'm like, a year has passed. A year is nothing. Like, there's no way you have accrued that much confidence for you to be able to walk into literally like the most powerful <laughs> um, person on Tatooine at this time, which we know a lot about the Huts. You know, the, the Huts allowed the Empire to be there at their pleasure, basically. Like, if they wanted the Empire away, they could have done it, probably. Because no one really cares about the Outer Rim, but right. whatever. So, in a weird way, it works for me. Uh, or in a big way, it works for me as a big Star Wars fan. But on paper, it's like, okay, you could have said like maybe a couple years, you know. Um, I think that could have been You could have put it in the opening credits at least. Yeah, it's been a few years. Give us a time frame. Yeah, because then, then it makes more sense for the Death Star to be you know, almost finished as well. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, but... Yeah. You know. Um, I'm gonna throw it to you guys for a second. What was uh you know something significant you noticed about this time you watched the movie? Something you wanted to point out or talk about? It can be anything, hmm. good or bad. Open discussion. <clears throat> I I just hate the musical number at Jabba's Palace so much. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> 
tap deep down. You practice that? That was pretty good. Dude, I've um I've listened to it so many times as a kid. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, that's the thing. It's like the only like really jarringly bad thing about this movie. Um, <laughs> and, uh, other than that, you know, I, I just really just enjoy, um, this movie basically from beginning to end. There's so many just great scenes, whether it's with the Rancor or with on indoor and the whole vibe of that is incredible. The space battle at the end, the lightsaber. Duel. There's a lot of lightsaber in this movie, um, way more than in any movie prior to this. So it's, mm-hmm. It's great. Like I really, really do enjoy it. Right. And I think I think we got to see some stuff with the lightsaber that we had never seen before. Like I think this is the first time that we're seeing him like uh, reflecting blaster bolts, um, like on Jabba's barge and stuff. That that's yeah. pretty cool. Like whole new stuff that's happening, um, and it's kind of cool. With each movie, we're learning more and more of what the Force can allow a Jedi to do, which is really awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I, I think we talked about this on Age of Geek years ago, where you know the old, the old guard, as we will call them, um, you know, from Ryan and Ethan's age. It was kind of it followed the stereotypical trope of whenever you would have a trilogy or a group of movies, the third one's got to be like the blockbuster, right? Like the action-packed, you know, whatever. And that's that is what this movie is. Like this is an action movie in my opinion. I don't I wouldn't consider Empire Strikes Back an action movie at all. Like it's borderline drama. Yeah. And it's yeah. space uh, it's opera, space opera, right? It's um, a, it's a space romance movie is what it is. Yeah, it is. And Return of the Jedi is just straight up an action movie. So, I mean, we're talking you you could stack this movie up against the likes of like James Bond or something like that. Like I, I think it kind of fits into the sci-fi version of that, but it still feels like Star Wars. And I think whenever you have two, three completely different feelings of movies and you call it a trilogy, it's really hard to top the original Star Wars trilogy, in my opinion. I think the only thing that probably and, and this is really soul searching. And like really, kind of, kind of took me by surprise in a way. I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is probably just as good as the original Star Wars trilogy, um, in oh, terms absolutely. of just quality, acting, story building, everything. But these first three Star Wars movies, I, I don't think they can be topped by anything personally. No, uh, e- even I mean, I challenge anyone. I challenge anyone to find a better trilogy. And if you have, if you say Lord of the Rings is the better trilogy, I want solid facts as to why. Um, not facts, but just points. But anyways, man, those first three Transformers movies, though. <laughs> oh my god, we should review those. Oh no, oh, that would be awesome. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> oh my god, Caleb, what have you done? I think I just figured out our. I think we just figured out our new project after this. Gosh Star Wars dang it! Sometimes started. I just need to keep my mouth closed. Why what do I say happen? things? I'm, I'm sorry. What needs dude, to I'm happen? Sorry. What needs to happen oh. is we need to review the Bad Batch and Star Wars Visions after we get done with these. Then, all in on Transformers, baby. All Man, in on Transformers. Tran- that first Transformer movie, dude. I, I'm sorry. I. 
all that the whole movie and this is a star wars podcast ladies and gentlemen but that whole movie is fantastic from uh shia labeouf even i mean that's odd to say but to bernie mac i mean come on bernie mac's like five minute scene in that movie iconic no that that first transformers movie is rad like it is you can't that i don't think transformers does not get enough credit that changed cg like in a big way like we had never seen anything like that before and that Lincoln Park ending, though, I mean, that was oh pretty emotional. Oh, my God. Freaking, that Minutes to Midnight record's always so good. We're digressing, it's but so anyways. Digress. It is. It is. It's so good. Autobots, let's roll. <laughs> oh, I, I just remember in Dark of the Moon, remember that Transformer, that big Transformer had balls? Remember that? Like oh, no, that do you was, remember that? That, that was that was uh, Revenge of the Fallen or whatever right. it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! That, it was like a big cement truck or something. like Yeah, that. and yeah. It, like it had it had it had testicles. I mean, it was, <laughs> oh my god! It did. I'm not. I'm just speaking facts, dude. It did. They wanted gender identification in the movie. Guys. They did. Uh. They did. Anyways, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> a solid ending to this trilogy, and that. They somehow are able to continue Luke's. Okay, so like when Luke and company separate an empire, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. It's a very sad feeling. Sad things are happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas when they separate in Return of the Jedi, it's a very triumphant feeling. Like, oh yeah, like they gotta go their separate ways and do their thing, you know, for right now. Even though, you know, Yoda dies and that whole thing. When they all reconvene at the very end, it feels so earned. Because you really feel like you've been through this journey with all these people. And they were somehow able to get Luke's story from Empire to carry over into Return of the Jedi. And also the same thing with Chewie, 3PO, Leia, and Han. Their arc continues. And you have both of those things going through the whole thing. Right. And and I I don't know like I just I, I think it's a it, like Caleb said it's great from beginning to end it's just it's a solid it's a solid story like it, there's it's not without fault though you know it's definitely not no. um, Elijah do you have anything significant you wanted to point out uh, the only thing really that I want to point well uh, going back to um, Caleb's comment I may may or, may or may not have just circled these but I circled these last night quote unquote. Um, I got right there. Jabba's throne room uh, singing at, uh, totally cringe. Um, yeah. uh, and then the other one I have uh, circled is Mark Hamill's acting is still not great. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just not a great actor. I mean, I wouldn't see anybody else play Luke Skywalker, but, you know, that that holographic scene was very uh, computerized. Maybe it was supposed to be that way, though. I don't know. But uh, moving on, the, this movie, a lot of what we view as star wars a lot of the lore a lot of the culture of the star wars universe started with this movie i mean i have a few things wrote down the lombardia shuttle was first appeared in this twi'leks were first appeared Aubrish was first appeared um the rancor thermal detonators these are all things that we see on a day-to-day basis now uh, especially with the uh the cartoons of uh, bad batch uh rebels these are all things that are are constantly used uh the video games heavily 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 influenced on the props of return of the jedi uh very few props uh, from to my knowledge were used from a new hope because there weren't that many 
Empire is another thing like that. We have so much lore and so much culture in this movie for Star Wars that if we didn't have it, it would be just another science fiction movie. It, this turned it into a universe, turned it into a story, in my opinion. Yeah, just to piggyback. Yeah. <laughs> and and just to piggyback off of that thought, I was thinking about um, in the first two Star Wars movies, both the Rebels and the um, uh, and the Empire. I mean, but I'll focus us on the Rebels. Um, everyone's made up of humans except for Chewbacca. Like the entire Rebel force is just humans. And finally, after two movies, we finally get some aliens, whether it's Mon Calamari or I don't know. What is that guy's name? Like Needum or something? Oh, Nyan Nabi. Nyan yeah. Nabi. Yeah, he's a yeah, Celestian. Yeah, okay, Celestian. Yeah, so he's with um, Lando in the Millennium Falcon. Like, we're finally getting, like, some variety in who's just in the Rebel Alliance. I mean, mm-hmm. there's definitely not enough diversity in the Empire, but we get more explanation of that in lore and books and stuff. But uh, right. it's, it, it's kind of cool to see that there's more... Um, than just, you know, that the aliens in this world aren't just, you know, the scum that are hanging out in, you know, Mos Eisley. Uh, Mon, yeah, Mos Eisley, like, or in Jabba's palace, that they can, that they're also like part of the Rebel Alliance and that they, I, I thought that was a cool little addition um, to this movie as well. Right. And, and to piggyback off that too, to be able to see the Rebel Alliance and the Empire, this is the first time we've seen how militarized they are. Like, mm-hmm. before it was just, you know, okay, yeah, we went to the Death Star, but there was, you know, a few squadron of stormtroopers on there. It wasn't anything huge. First opening scene, we see the Death Star. We see the Star Destroyer, the Lombardia-class shuttle come out with Darth Vader on it. The lineup of soldiers and officers in that hangar as, as Darth Vader comes off is astounding. We actually get to see the might of the Empire in that opening scene. And then after, you know, Luke comes back and rejoins the group uh, after Yoda dies, we get to see an entire rebel fleet. You know, like first it was just a base with a few X-Wings and a few transport ships and a new hope. Then it was a small base on Hoth with with maybe a couple battalions on it. And again, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And also just to kind of piggyback off of both of you. One three things that. Or, or, I'm sorry. One thing that is consistent across all three movies that never gets talked about is the fact that the Rebel Alliance pales in comparison to the force of the Empire. Yes, yeah. they are at a disadvantage all three times, and even in the se- in the sequel trilogy, it's like they are severely handicapped. It's like they are very vulnerable. Their entire fleet is just hanging out in space. What? Mm-hmm. What's what's stopping five de- star destroyers from coming in and ending everything right then? And and the, and the Empire knew exactly where they were. Yeah, I mean, pa- Darth Vader says, "What about the fleet? You know, uh, assembling near Celestia? They knew exactly where they were." Yeah, I mean that it's astounding. Yeah, and it's it goes to show too, kind of the moxie of Palpatine too, because Palpatine's calling the shots. He's like, "Yeah, we'll see what happens. Why not?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. That is the dark side kind of talking. It's like, well, we you know we we gotta let this happen so I can find Luke, and I just want to see what happens. You know, right, I kind of right. already know what's gonna happen, but I just want to see what happens anyways. But it doesn't change the fact that y- yes, the Rebel Alliance fleet is impressive. Very, impressive. it is. But like you're saying, the Empire has so so much more. What what happened at the end of this movie is such a small part. 
of what was left over at the Empire and what makes I mean, setting up for Force Awakens, it makes sense to see whatever was left of the Empire being so strong. We, we don't need an explanation as to how it rose back to power because it never lost power to begin with. There was always a ton of... There were there had to have been umptillion star destroyers out there with generals and you know all kinds of high class empire imperials. The I think the high estimate from the books is twenty five thousand star destroyers, right? Yeah, some yeah that makes a lot of sense. So it, yeah, taking out the Death Star and how many Death Star destroyers were there in the the battle at the end of this three two something like that one. One Star Destroyer, if I'm... No, there was two. There was two. There, 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 there's a few, and I mean, there's the super that Super Star Destroyer, too, that they Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's just like... You know, and, and again, this is a Return of the Jedi thing, but we're setting up for the next movie. This isn't over. We're not done with yeah. talking about these movies and talking about the stuff that happened here. Because I've heard people complain about that before. It's like, well, how did the Empire rise to power again? It's like, dude... You have people like Thrawn freaking still alive, taking, mm-hmm. you know, leading the vanguard on what's on what's to come in the future. So the only reason why the Empire took off in the first place was, you know, Palpatine, their emperor was killed. Yeah. The emperor's pet was killed. The, one of the, the, the second strongest being in the universe was killed. Their monument to their power was destroyed for the second time. And that gave the whole galaxy hope to where they rose up on their own. They were they they could have easily stomped it out, but morale was down at that point. So pick take off, leave, pick up where they left off, and rebuild to where they can come back, and then cue the Force Awakens. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I'm I am su- I am so excited to get back to those movies, dude. I already, I know already said that, too. but holy crap! Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about Kylo Ren again. Such a freaking yeah. cool character. But anyways, Return of the Jedi. Um, what are some? So we talked about a lot of. Th- we've been praising this movie a lot, right? I think the new format should be three things you love, three things you don't love. It doesn't have to be hate, <laughs> but three things you don't love. For me, the Ewoks just don't make sense. I mean, it's sad. I don't want to say they don't make make sense, but there's just so much like of their culture in this movie. You know, like when they bring them up to their tree houses and stuff like that, it could have sufficed just to have them move along and be like, oh, Ewoks, that's weird, you know, whatever. And then, you know, after they've made friends, maybe share a meal with them, whatever, super fast. And then at the end, whenever they're all getting massacred by the Empire, you know, obviously we're still going to feel bad after being killed. But I, I don't know. What's your guys' opinions on the Ewoks? I love them. <laughs> I, I, I love I love them so much. I, I love the I, I love the idea of some like tribal, like super outnumbered, outgunned um, race, like going in, you know, to fight and giving it their their all and finding some success against something that's just so overpowered. And yeah, I I can kind of see where you're coming from, Gabe. I mean, I don't hate of, it, but like, I don't I don't I don't hate but, it. I'm just saying. but like come. Come on. Like, I feel like the Ewoks get way more hate than they deserve. Like, oh, for it's, sure. It's kind of funny. And yeah. I, I, I'm going to piggyback off uh, Caleb there. I, I love the Ewoks. To me, the idea of this strong and mighty military power, essentially the Nazis, they're, these are, they're, they're, you know, based off the Nazis, get annihilated and wrecked by a bunch of fur babies. Freaking <laughs> love it. 
I love it. I'm sorry. It's 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 fantastic. I I'm not saying I hate it. I just think that it it might drag. It, it might go a bit a bit long. I'm not saying their presence isn't enjoyed. It is by me. I'm just always like, why do we have to make such a big deal about gold guy? Gold guy. A little bit of Family Guy reference for you. Um. I'm oh just, my God. Go ahead. I'm just imagining how boring I think that scene on Indoor might have ended up being. Um if the Ewoks weren't there and it was just the rebels trying to attack that base, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause that's what you get yeah. in the beginning and they all, that they all true. get captured. And then the thing that allows them to escape and for things to escalate is the Ewoks end up fighting back. So, Zeta! I mean, it, and the thing is, is like, we've seen in two movies already, like we saw on Hoth with the rebels, you know, attack. We've seen so many different, like, you know, shooting lasers at each other between the Empire and the Rebels. This added a whole new dynamic to it that kept it kind of fresh and entertaining. It was yeah. very Renaissance returning too. you know, being able to fight a battle with sticks and stones quite literally and not have these high tech, you know, super lasers, which eventually they did. I wrote down in my notes that within the middle of that battle, the Ewoks learned how to learn how to use blasters. You know, I mean, there's there's, se- there's several Ewoks holding E11s out there. You know that they took off stormtroopers. You know, it, it, it was very refreshing. I agree with Caleb to be able to get back to kind of that Renaissance feel of, you know, how movies were. What you know, how what these movies were based off of your samurai movies, uh, you know, space cowboy stuff. It is kind of funny you mentioned it because I remember thinking I was listening to a podcast one time and they were like, yeah. The Ewoks at the end of the movie, they're playing drums on the um, head, you know, the uh, helmets. They had to eat those guys because we know that we know they'll eat. We know they'll eat people. They were going to eat Han, Luke and Leia, you know, (laughs) or at least Han and Luke. They had to eat those guys. I mean, they, you know, they did. And I remember I saw a drawing one time of like uh, an Ewok, like holding a helmet, like flipped upside down. And he was like, had like a spoon and it was just oh like he just had he just had meat like in his ma- like in his spoon, but yeah, the, the Ewoks are the Ewoks are good. I you know I, I'm that par- that part party of, was just a giant stormtrooper barbecue. Basically, it's like oh my god, what smells so good? You know, don't knock it till you try it, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, one thing uh, th- there's not a lot to to dislike in this movie, in my opinion. Um. I got nothing. Do you guys have anything else that you just don't like? Yeah, I mean, I kind of already said to mine um, with the uh, song um, at Jabba's Palace. And that's really kind of it. The only thing else I can think of is that one commander during the briefing's hair is just terrible. Like 1980s, just absolutely terrible. Good Lord, dude. It's the worst haircut. I'm. I, it's like one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen in a movie, and it's not trying to be. Like it's like, it's not. It's not the intent of it at all. But it looks so bad. Um, but no, other than that, like this movie's. This it's so much fun, man. I I just have such a blast watching this movie. One one thing I I have uh, that I question is it. I can't decide whether. Vader has a plan this entire time or if he's actually playing into his emotions, you know, because it, it seems like, I mean, he could he he could have took care of Luke right then and there on Endor because Luke was already defiant at that point. Like Vader could look at Luke and say, this this kid has too much of me in it in him. He He's not going to turn. 
I already know he's not going to turn. He ignites the lightsaber, which I feel like is a, a play that, okay, yeah, we think that's an intimidation tactic, but I don't, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at all. Um, and then he doesn't take the chance when, when he has it. And then we're in the throne room. Luke does his double backflip or whatever back onto the balcony, and then Vader throws his lightsaber at him. Is Luke really that skilled to dodge a lightsaber thrown by the greatest Sith, one of the greatest Sith that has ever walked the galaxy, or did Vader throw that and miss on purpose? That's that's I, that's one of the things I don't care for. Is I I can't tell if it's him having a plan or if it's him playing stupid. I think I think a lot of like Vader. Um... You can see where he's like emotionally digressing, if that makes any sense from his mm-hmm. plan. Like, I think he still has that plan that he had in Empire. But now he's, you know, Luke says, I think to Leia, that he can feel the good in Vader. And like, he can feel that basically since they met on Cloud City. And uh, he keeps repeating that kind of through this movie as he like keeps trying to turn him. And I think it's it's true. I think Luke can feel that. I think there is good there still in Vader. And I think that Vader's emotions start to get the best of him. And that scene where Luke turns himself in and they're both there just talking on the platform on Endor, that's one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Because it's just like a father and son talking to each other. Um, and it almost feels it feels extremely relatable in a lot of ways. Um, and I think you just continue to see like Vader's emotions for Luke. And if you don't believe that that was a part of luke eventually defeating vader just because vader's so torn in that last battle like we know how great of a sith and how powerful of a force user vader was that luke who's someone who has had much less experience much less training than his own father has had and is able to defeat him but i believe that a huge part of that is because vader's so emotionally torn in that instance and eventually it leads to him flipping at the end I just think it's such a cool dynamic and I think it really is cool to see Vader's character kind of grow throughout this entire movie because of his emotions and his love for his son. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing, Caleb. There would have been no need for Vader to ignite a Jedi weapon. He has a lightsaber already. If he wanted to kill Luke, if he was smart and he didn't care, he would have killed Luke with his own weapon. Why ignite Luke's lightsaber? That is a, a tip of the hat to his son. He's complimenting his son and saying, you constructed your own lightsaber. That's him complimenting him. Yep. Why would a Sith yeah, compl- I, I mean, I feel like in that instance there, they're like almost talking like the Empire's not there, the Rebel Alliance isn't there. That's just father and son alone in that instance. Like, and yeah, they're, you know, kind of estranged, but they, like that's almost like Vader doing that is almost a way of him trying to like reach out to Luke and try to connect to him in some way. It's kind showing, of almost how I read into it. Yeah, same. Right. I, I I think him igniting that blade, which to my knowledge, aside from General Grievous, is the only time I've ever seen a Sith, quote unquote, ignite a Jedi weapon. Mm. Ever. So right then and there, it's almost like they tell you Vader's been conflicted this whole time. And had he been smart and been a traditional Sith, and you know he's not stupid, we've seen how smart Anakin Skywalker is, had he been smart, he would have just killed him. 
like he, he would have. That's that's the thing is right. he would have killed him. And Caleb was hit it on the head. When they fight, Vader, if he wanted to annihilate Luke, if Vader wanted to annihilate the Emperor, he could. There's no question about it. There's no like he could. He could have. He could have killed Luke immediately if he wanted to. But he didn't. And um, the Emperor uh, uh, just kind of trusts Vader in, in those moments to where he's, like, not trying to sense if Anakin even feels the same way he's always felt towards him. His He's hyper-fixated on Luke through this entire process. He's not even wondering how Vader's feeling. And you can kind of feel... Jader, Jader, Vader's still kind of in touch with his Jedi sense in a way, because if you notice in the movie, um, you know, obviously we know the Jedi, which aren't supposed to love, are heavily affiliated with the feeling of love. Mm-hmm. And Vader says, I felt his presence. And you know what Palpatine says? Palpatine goes, strange how I, how I haven't. Why would he say that unless there wasn't something else going on with Invader? Vader's been conflicted this entire time. And that, that brings it into a, a funnel for me, I guess, because that makes a whole lot of sense. I guess what I was trying to say was like what Caleb touched on. Like It, it seemed to... Vader is such a, a force of nature. I mean, like he, he is the fear of the universe. I'm pretty sure that kids on... Uh, you know, Tatooine or Naboo or, or Ryloth all have nighttime scary stories of Darth Vader, the boogeyman, you know, I mean, so it, with all, with that huge reputation, I get the, the aspect of a father and son, but he's so twisted at this point. It, it just, it seems unnatural to me, I guess, is what, is what I was getting at. But, but that explanation makes total sense. Like I, I, I totally understand that because of prior lines that I missed in the, in the movie. And it wouldn't have been enough because, you know, Anakin never got to be a dad. He never got to feel that, you know, his we're left to infer that that uh, loss of Padme. You know, the dark side is the next best thing for him. And he chooses Mm. that. And Padme dies, you know, and he's left to believe that he's killed Padme. So he's going to indulge himself. And if you read any of the comics, if you know any of the lore, Anakin Skywalker has loved killing people. He's killed a lot of people, and he's loved every second of it for a long time, as, as for as long as he's been Darth Vader. He yeah. likes to kill people. Like, it's just, it's just who he is. One of my favorite quotes from the comics is uh, he's surrounded by a battalion of rebel soldiers, and they say, Freeze, we have you surrounded. And he said, All I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. Mm-hmm. And terrifying if 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 i was one of those soldiers i'd run the other way immediately yeah his his character growth even throughout the expanded universe and stuff like that is second to none and the only thing that could get him to feel an inkling of anything light yet again would be this connection that he has with his son that only he has apparently which would also make sense why he's able to sense the fact that Leia is his daughter. But does he know it's Leia though? Well, he doesn't know it's Leia, but he knows, you know, he knows he has a, he knows that he, that Luke has a sister. So he may not know it's Leia, but you know, that that's one thing I wrote down was, is at some point does Anakin realize that Leia is his daughter? 
I like how they I like how they set that up. How Vader and Luke have this special connection that Sidious does not have, which is even crazier when you think about the dyad we see later on in the series. Why why Sidious would be like, oh, there was a dyad in the Force, and he couldn't see that either. So there has to be something there, Force wise, that would make sense for those family members and those directly connected people. For reasons X, Y, and Z, while they're why they are on a separate waveform or wavelength or whatever, and Vader may not know exactly who it is, but he's like, "Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about your sister." Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why he's able to figure out what's happening is because in that moment when Luke's terrified, he's hiding under the stairs and stuff like that. Vader is able to feel everything, and w- it's kind of crazy. We're able to see him feed back into that that dark side, you know, that, that dark side of himself and try and regain confidence in a way. Cause you have to remember this is Anakin Skywalker. You know, he's been caught off guard multiple times throughout this entire process. And he's like Caleb said, he is conflicted this entire time. Am I going to be a good guy? You know, can I turn my son is the initial intent. Can I turn my son? Yes or no. When Sidious goes to kill Luke, he realizes he's not going to be turned. Vader sees it as there's only one decision to be made here. And it doesn't, it does not mean that he was a good guy the entire time. That's not what it was. The yeah. only redeeming factor is the fact that he did what was right at the very end. But still, I don't know that it's earned as much when we see his force ghost pop up at the end of this movie. That That's something I wanted to bring up in this. Yeah. You know, and so we're we're leaving the the lore story and we're going more into cinematic uh, cinematic stuff. Hayden Christensen as being inputted as the Force Ghost, worth it or is Sebastian Shaw a better Force Ghost? From a movie standpoint and consistency consistency standpoint, I like I like Hayden Christensen as a Force Ghost. Especially after watching, especially after watching Clone Wars, and seeing that entire journey, and Rebels, and seeing that entire journey, yeah, I think it's fine. From a character standpoint, I'm like, wait a minute, do you really deserve to be there? Like after, an actor's standpoint, you mean? No, or? from an Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader standpoint, does he really deserve to be there with Yoda and Obi Wan after everything? Go ahead, Caleb. I'll uh, <clears throat> bring this out. Obi-Wan's whole thing is that from a certain point of view, um, Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. When he would have done that, Anakin Skywalker still would have been Hayden Christensen. Um, So from that standpoint, it kind of makes sense. Um, Just just from that point of view, just from an Obi-Wan point of view, I guess. That's super interesting. And that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Because when Anakin Skywalker ceased to exist, he was still a young twenty-year-old man. Yeah, so and that's why would, it, why would he be older in in his force? You know, his force appearance. Yeah, and he had he had one you know kind of uh, big redeeming act, and you know maybe like five minutes of where he had finally redeemed himself from all that terrible things that he did while he was a Sith. Um, but he had a you know a lifetime, you know, twenty years. Probably, you know, 15 at least of, you know, where he was a Jedi and he was doing good things. And it makes sense that, you know, it would go back to when he was 
actually good for the longest period of time if that makes any sense yeah and i, I mean don't we know. don't there's a lot of mysteries as to, the, as to how the force works and you know what's okay yeah, and what's yeah. not okay and stuff like that I, it, I there's part of me that like loves the vader comics and stuff but my guy has done some horrible things i mean can, can i can i can i can i say something there was something i wanted to say earlier about that i think that it's a really like Vader's a really good demonstration of, you know, how terrible a person can go when they're motivated by fear and by hate versus how that same person can um, change when they're motivated by love. And that's kind of what we get. We, you know, in the comics and even in the first two of these original trilogy movies, we see how terrible Vader is because he's motivated, motivated by um, uh, uh, fear and then also by hate and he's you know force choking guys and killing everyone and enjoying every second of it and i thought it's interesting um even in this movie when he's talking to other imperials he's not force choking imperials when he first talks to that first commander on the death star he says the emperor isn't as forgiving as i am darth vader forgiving it's like you can already see that that love that he has for luke is already starting to change part of his personality and he's becoming a little bit of a better person in baby steps ever since that you know first con that contact with luke and that love is starting to grow with him and i think that's a cool thing like he's his character is growing more and more and it's because he's starting to become more motivated by love than being motivated and completely controlled by that hate and fear that caused him to turn to the dark side if my guy wanted to wipe out the entirety of the rebel f the rebel fleet i think he would have been able to do so if he really 100%. wanted to 100%. for the fact of the matter that it's still Anakin Skywalker there. Like the cunning, the knowledge of how, you know, space travel even works. I mean, Anakin Skywalker has been all over the place. He's so, a decorate, decorated war veteran. Yeah. He's extremely decorated. And he knows, I mean, for all, in, for all intents and purposes, the Rebel Alliance is what's left over of the Republic of old, you know. And he knows how that mentality is going to work. Anyone who would have been there against you know an imperial whatever he would have known their mindset and the only thing that's really missing well i guess it's not missing because luke technically claims to be a jedi but you know it it's kind of crazy to think about like luke being the jedi that's accompanying like the for the, the the militant force you know so, akin to what we saw in you know the clone wars and stuff like that like it's it's on the other side now and you have to think that Vader would have known or been able to infer or even sense what was happening because he is that powerful. And he, he would have been able to find the rebels. Like, there's no doubt in my mind if he really wanted to. But like Caleb was saying, from, from the second he revealed himself to Luke, everything changes for Vader. Everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I agree. I uh, I don't have much more to say about this movie. I love this movie. I think it's a classic. Obviously, um, it's it's definitely not the best in the series. No, it's it's not. I mean, like you guys discussed last week, Empire's the superior movie. It really is. I mean, I, I think you guys touched on it good um, at the beginning of the episode. You know, this was the movie we always watched as kids because it is action packed. It, it's it's a great movie as us uh, as kids to get into Star Wars and really try to learn about different things. Empire's the superior movie for sure, but there, 
after watching it after so long, I mean, I've seen it, you know, him, I've seen it a million times. Me and Caleb were just talking about this before we went on mic. We've seen it so many times over and over and over and over again. And then watching it last night, the amount of goose goosebump moments that I got, you know, is fantastic. And it still plays, you know, homage to the movie. I mean, when Yoda talks about how there's another Skywalker right before he dies, I mean, hair is standing up on my arms. Um, there was another thing I, I had in here. Um, when uh, Vader tells Luke after he backslips onto the balcony, uh, he has the high ground. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Uh, chills. I mean, and you wouldn't know that in the theaters when you first saw it, but it, and then, you know, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford's relationship in the movie. The acting is, the whole movie, the acting is mediocre, I would say. I mean, Billy Dee's a great actor. Um, Mark Hamill, up in the air. But Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher's, um, what, uh, chemistry? what can I say? Yeah, chemistry. Uh, was so strong in that movie, and I'll, I'll I'll ask you guys what you guys think. Is it? Do you think if that's because they had a romantic relationship before this movie was filmed? I... Is that something that happened? Yeah, between uh, uh, during A New Hope, they were they were romantically involved during huh. the during the shooting. Here's the thing: their relationship is intentionally complicated. It is complicated through all three movies. It is not black and white. And it makes sense why the marital stuff comes up even in the expanded universe because it's left in for it's like there is something weird there. Like, you know, on Endor, whenever they're fighting, that's not the first time that's going to happen. You know, Han's not going to be – that's not the first time Han's going to be upset over something small that makes her feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that they make that relationship – not so fairy tale and so like, you know, fairy tale book, you know, happy ending, whatever. It's intentionally complicated because I think it's left to reflect on how we as it's almost like hyper amplified versions of what it's like to actually be with somebody, you know, where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you can relate to both sides. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, them being romantically involved definitely plays into the uh, authenticity in a way. The realism. Yeah, the authenticity of how how their relationship feels on camera. And and, and so going back to, I'm going to reference the Empire episode quite a bit because I just listened to it yesterday, but talking about the I love you, I know scene. Just the when they're on Endor and they're trying to get into the bunker and Leia gets shot. The, that those lines are reversed. Yeah, but it, no one it, ever talks round, about that. <laughs> no one ever talks about it ever. Yeah, but it it rounds out their relationship so perfectly. Like, okay, Leia knows Han is a piece. I mean, he he's a stubborn, you know, self centered person that has loving and caring qualities about himself. He's a scoundrel, but he's a caring scoundrel. He has a soft spot for people. Saying that line in reverse showed that Han can really care. And Carrie or uh, and Leia can still love a man that is rough, quote unquote. And it just really rounded out re- their relationship. I really appreciated that the romance part of the movie. Yeah, well said. 
Well said. It's definitely the best romantic relationship we've seen in all of Star Wars. Like, that's why it's such a big deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, it's not... I mean, come on. Ben Ben and Ray. That's, that's a great romantic relationship. Oh, boy. <laughs> God. I mean, it's... Maybe if you're a Zoomer... I... Like, are you, are you going to hang up on me? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> Maybe if you're a Zoomer, you know, in 10 years, Zoomer's going to be like, oh, their love is so pure. You know, like they FaceTimed a few times and now they're in love, you know, uh, that's what happens. <laughs> in the last a few times. They did. And last Jedi, that's exactly man. what they did. That's exactly yeah. what they oh, did. Oh, that's funny. They FaceTimed what? a few times and all of a sudden they're in love. Hey, I'm still curious. Um, I was curious, Elijah, what was the take from last week that you didn't agree with? I don't know if you already touched on it or not, but no, uh, we we never got to it. it my my take is, and, and actually, Gabe commented on it. You know, because we had this conversation. I think in the for, in the in the debut of Beer Bros East Side when Jake and I were introduced. I I'm just happy there's Star Wars in this day of, day of age, man. I, I really am, and, and the hate that the sequels get. And everything that Disney does, I, I'm, I just, I can't, I can't deal with it personally. And that, that, it just, it bugs me every time. Cause I'm just like, when I was a kid, I dreamt about going to the movie theaters and seeing Han Solo on the big screen. That's my favorite character of all time is my, is Han Solo. You know, I got to go see Phantom Menace when it came out in 99. I got to see Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That was awesome. That was really cool. I wanted to see uh, Jedi. I wanted to see Empire on the big screen. And to be able to go see... I think I said this exactly on on that episode. To be able to go see my favorite character on the big screen and something that I had never seen before blew my mind. I don't care about the story. I I am enthralled with the fact that the Millennium Falcon is flying across my screen. There's a lightsaber across the big screen that I have never seen ever before. Granted, Han Solo gets brutally murdered in the end of it, which sucked. But, you know, uh, but just being able to be there, leaving that movie theater, was I thinking about how terrible the movie was for Force Awakens? No. I had a giant smile on my face. I I lived a childhood dream. I I truly did. That's That's my take on Star Wars right now. I get that these that these guys just don't. They have their issues with the movies. I get it. They're not perfect. Even the shows aren't perfect. These three movies are not perfect. No, no, they are not. Absolutely not. And I think you touched on it very well in the beginning of the episode, Gabe. In 15 years, we're going to look back at the sequels and we're going to love them. You know, just like we did with the prequels. I can't tell you how much hate the prequels got that I remember. Just going through Reddit scrolling through Facebook, MySpace. So much hate on the prequels. Now they're cult. That's like they're cult classics. And here's the thing. I touched on this too. As a wannabe critic, it's so easy to pick apart the sequel trilogy. But as a Star Wars fan, if you cannot have a smile on your face, you are missing the point. We are not trying mm-hmm. to be steeped in realism and, and solid storytelling. We are steeped in a fantasy world. And if you're trying to pick it apart, I, I, you cannot call yourself a Star Wars fan. Exactly. And I, and I really appreciated Caleb's comment on the Empire episode was that, okay, the inconsistencies that Disney has made, I mean, that nothing matches up sometimes, sure. 
It's it's messy. It's released weird. What about the what about the expanded universe, the EU? That was that was a cluster. I mean, like you had books going coming out then, coming out there. There was no clue if Lucas ever approved any of it. You know, and it, it, not to mention the weird. character decisions too. Like, we're you just going to yes. throw away the fact that Luke was a bad guy for a hot minute and could have tur- and could have ruined everything. Because mm-hmm. that's because mm-hmm. that's one thing people hate about the Last Jedi, and it's like, dude, literally the movie. Or I'm sorry, the book that The Last Jedi and parts of uh, Rise of Skywalker are based off of. Luke is borderline a bad guy mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> if if not, if not 100%. Yeah, it's just, it's fresh and you can't, it is so hard with Star Wars to like argue. Because what is it I say, Caleb? Can you quote this by this point? What do I say about Star Wars? I can't quote you, I'm sorry. It oh, means a terrible friend. It means different <laughs> things to different people. To different people, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and that's the thing is like, and I, we've already touched on. It, there's just so much out there for every single person. Like, I don't understand why you can't just like find your lane and stick in your lane. I I re-listened to the Empire, you know, podcast, and Ethan goes on that whole thing about. It not being a water cooler like subject, and like that's so ridiculous. It's it's more of a talking point now than it probably ever was. Then there's more people yes. that are involved in it now than there ever was then. And, and it's so pr- and, and to me, it's ridiculous because where you are like, oh yeah, there's way too much. It overcomplicates things, and it's just like how many people were talking about comics or books or video games around the water cooler back in the 1990s? Like probably yeah. no one. Like it's. It's being graded on a whole different scale today because of the nostalgia that's tied to the original trilogy. And I agree. I think in 15 years, we're going to look back at things. It's going to be fine. You can go to a theme park today that's completely Star Wars theme and have these Star Wars experiences that I would have died for as a kid. Oh, my and God. No one, thank you for and, saying and, that. And no one wants to talk about that. They want to talk about how Kathleen Kennedy is personally trying to ruin Star Wars. And it, it, it bugs me to death. Because you can't just take something great, something that I would have loved to have had as a kid, and they just try to drive a spear into it. And it's frustrating to me because why can I not enjoy this thing that I've always wanted to enjoy since I was a kid? I remember the best thing that I looked forward to as a kid. And we and I, we, we go on a lot of vacations at, at when I was a kid. The one thing I always wanted to do was Disney World. But Disney World, you know... It, it's crazy expensive. You couldn't afford, you know, two adult tickets and two kid tickets back in that day. It just wasn't very, you got to do it once or twice, maybe. Whenever my parents asked me what I want to do for vacation, I said, I want to go to Disney World and I want to do Star Tours. That's all I had. Yep. You know, Star Tours was not even sanctioned. Like Luke Skywalker wasn't in it. You couldn't, I think the only thing that was in that ride was C-3PO and R2-D2, which was shocking. And then they had the giant AT-AT in front and the, the speeder bike from Endor in there. That was heaven. Like, I loved that as a kid. Now Disney owns Star Wars. We have Batu. We can, we can literally go to a different planet and experience Star Wars. We can build a freaking lightsaber. You know, our own custom lightsaber that is battle-worthy. It's unreal what, what we have as far as Star Wars goes nowadays. It is. I think there's a lot of people out there that wish the niche would have stayed the niche because now it's a popular thing 
to like Star Wars, whereas before I don't think it wasn't nearly as popular like what Caleb touched on yeah. was, you know, someone had said something, it might have been Ethan, it's like, oh, if you could find someone that liked Star Wars, you know, you had a friend. Well, there's so much content out there now to where people, you might be able to impart some wisdom on somebody right. based on their knowledge of Star Wars. It's like, oh, you haven't read X, Y, and Z? You haven't done that? And you're you're passing joy onto another person. And if they like, mean, like Star Wars, if they like the idea of Star Wars and they haven't read that thing or watched that thing or played that thing. And, it, and it's not a competition of like, oh, well, I know no. more about Star Wars than you because I've had more no. free time to divert. It's like, no, it's like I enjoyed this part of Star Wars. I'm glad you, you enjoyed your part of Star Wars. Let's talk about it together. And maybe I'll um, adventure into whatever part of Star Wars that you want. It doesn't have to be a competition between who knows more about it or whatever. Yeah. Right. No. And, and I think it, it, it's hard. It's hard having, you know, it's hard having a fan base, you know, even inside of our own podcast group, you know, like there are a couple of hosts that came from it from day one, you know, like mm. they were there even as little mm. kids, like it was different for them as little kids. And now there's a lot of people out there that don't like what's happening with a lot of it because it is, it, there is a lot, but I think anytime you can carve out time to expand your horizons a little bit, whenever it comes to star Wars, you're not losing, you're getting more nope, of what absolutely. you love. Like, <laughs> you know, and the fact of the matter is, and this is something no one ever talks about. There's a lot of parts of star Wars that sucks. A lot of it. <laughs> There's so much of Star Wars that sucks. There is. But that's, so much. But, Sorry. But, but but that's true of anything. Like yeah. of anything. It is. Absolutely we can't anything. we can't hold Star Wars to like this untouchable standard. It's like, oh, we can't like critique it or do whatever. You critique the things you love. And I think Yeah, I mean it, it's all I'm saying is it's gonna be super interesting whenever we get to these next three movies. Because I, I don't know. Like each time, I, the very there's very few franchises franchises out there to where every time I revisit it, I learn something new. I, you know, find something like I said. I find something I really liked and I, something I really didn't like with each time I watch one of these movies. And who knows how I'm gonna feel or how we're gonna feel after we watch these next three? Because I'm watching the th I'm looking at the thumbnail for the Last Jedi right now, and bruh, I'm hyped. Like, I remember my initial feeling walking out of that movie is this is as good as The Empire Strikes Back. The Last Jedi? Yeah. Really? You you, you like The Last Jedi with the whole casino planet and everything? I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, dude. I, I know we just got off a tail end dude. of everything Star Wars, but we can... We it's not here's the thing it's not it's <laughs> it's not as it's not as good as empire it is not as good as empire obviously it's not as but good as empire i still freaking love that movie dude I, I, anything star wars i love i mean yeah. going back to going back to what you're saying there's definite things about star wars that sucks i don't know if you read the high republic books at all but the the evil dark side tree plant things what is that I mean, like, seriously, I, I don't, like, okay, I was expecting a better villain. I mean, I guess it's the same thing with the Ewoks. I I, I think those are of a, of a lesser Ewok. But still, it's Star Wars. Did I read the whole book and did I enjoy every second of it? Absolutely, freaking lootly I enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that's such a thing. It's like, you know, we rate all of these. And I think the lowest I've ever rated a Star Wars thing is like a five or a six. And it's like, 
and that's it low. could be it, and, and, and it could be so much worse than that and even oh, that yeah. fiber and even that fiber or six is like it's an enjoyable one like i enjoy all of this and if i turned my critical mind off it's like i'm gonna enjoy every second that i'm watching this thing because this is something that i love it's fantastic you know, it, we always it always could be Star Trek Discovery. You know, I mean, we could always have that. I mean, it could be that quality. Content. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I've, I remember hearing the backlash about that one. Good God! No, I, I love Discovery. Yeah, you need. Oh, you should talk to Ethan then. Maybe he hates you. Oh, by, maybe he he probably hates you by the end of this podcast. We'll I see. am sure he does. We'll you know, I, I like to step on toes, but I I love everybody, but. If you have a different opinion, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been about an hour and a half of us geeking out over Star Wars, which might actually have been like the best review I think we've done so far for these movies. We didn't review a single thing of this movie. We just talked about how much Star Wars is awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, basically. like it's, it's hard to critique this movie, in my opinion. There's a lot. There's it really a lot, is. There's a lot of really good things. So it comes to the point of the show where we're going to put a number on this bad boy. I'm going to go first. Um, the only right answer is an 8 out of 10. Okay. What do you think, Caleb? Uh, I'm, I get, did I give Empire a 10? I think we all, we I think all, we all, I think 10. we all it agreed. Was a, I believe it was a unanimous 10. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going, I, I really, really, really love this movie. And because of that, I'm giving it a nine and a half. And that half point is basically just because I can't stand that one dude's hair and I can't stand the singing in, in, in Jabba's palace. But, but, but no, seriously, and this, this movie is very different from Empire. Um, you know, we said that, you know, Empire is like a drama or romantic, you know, space opera type movie. And this is an action movie. But man, it's such a good action movie. It's so entertaining. It captures your attention. The entire way through it and it's yeah. i love this movie it's such a great movie absolutely agreed 9.5 that's higher than i thought you were gonna rate it it's an eight for me what is it for you caleb uh, or, um, elijah name. sorry elijah thank, thank you thank you i'd like to be identified properly thank you um but my rating has to be a solid nine i mean mainly for for two things number one wrong <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start my own podcast now, Gabe. I don't need you anymore. Uh, no, the it's going to be a solid nine because the, one of the lesser two things is my favorite starship is in this, or starfighter, I guess you should say, is in this movie, the B-Wing. Absolutely love the B-Wing. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. The design is fantastic. And then the other thing, the more important thing, one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema, I think, and that's that's a big statement for me to say because I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but is Luke Skywalker on the sand barge and nods to R2-D2 and a lightsaber flies through the air, does quadruple flips and lands in Luke Skywalker's hand. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, we're blue thing coming up. No, it's green. Like what? It, it, It just blows your mind. Lightsabers don't have to be blue or red anymore. You know, and that, that I can only imagine what people thought in the movie theater when they saw it for the first time, you know, all they've ever known was red and blue and then they have green and it just go- another goosebump moment. And so, yeah, for that, those couple reasons alone, I give it a nine out of 10. Well said gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we talked about why return of the Jedi is great. We talked about why star Wars is great. 
and yeah, I'm looking, I'm great looking forward to diving into the next three movies, uh, starting next month, which is just a few weeks from now. So there you have it. Uh, definitely stay tuned for our, when we return to star Wars next month, uh, next week we will be reviewing skyfall, uh, with guy mace, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I just realized as well, we're going to have to watch no time to die. Um, at some point in the future. So excited for that movie. Yeah, I am so too. excited. I, people are saying it's have like, you, have one you guys of the best. seen it yet? I haven't watched no, it. No, no, I haven't oh, watched it. Guys, it's, it's great. Is it's it good? Have you seen it? Have yeah, you seen it's, it? It's, it's oh. fantastic. Is it, <laughs> I'm so excited. is it on HBO max? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, 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 have to think, go, I would have known. I would have I'm going to have to go, uh, I'm going to have to go to the theater and watch Shang-Chi if it's still there. And, um, Freaking, no time to die. I'm so excited to see how Chris, Christopher Waltz or Christoph Waltz is in this movie. That's one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah, Waltz. I'm kind of curious. Didn't he die in the last one? I, I don't want to know. Just, just you know, let me, let me, we'll figure it out. That was a rhetorical question. Yeah, I will. Hey, I will give it a suggestion, and I mean, it helps that we're doing a James Bond review. Um, but you definitely probably would want to rewatch Spectre before going into this movie. Um, okay. I think that might help a little bit. But still, even if you don't, great movie. It's okay. a lot of fun. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it there. Thank you so much for listening uh, or watching if you're watching. We still have that one random uh, podcast here. I'm going to read you some of our, our metrics right now uh, on our YouTube channel. Okay. So, uh, you know, and if you're if you're driving in your car, if you're doing your thing, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, it's the, just the wannabe collective. That's all it is. That's all you need. It's the wannabe collective. So our number one, uh, video that we've ever put out is literally like the second video we did so far, which is mission impossible rogue nation on this new channel with a whopping 347 views. People love this review for some reason. Like it has like, uh, 14 or 15 hours of watch time so people like it apparently which is weird but we review movies we we video every podcast i post every single podcast on youtube um definitely go check it out we're gonna start doing some shorts content with takes that i like um so be on the lookout for that but uh yeah definitely go follow us on all of our platforms we would we would greatly appreciate it so caleb you have anything you want to say uh, sure. Um, yeah, so I've been working on a couple of projects for a little bit, um, both sports related. Um, so one of them is called fantasy tomorrow. It's completely fantasy football related. Um, and it's on YouTube, so you can search fantasy tomorrow on YouTube. And basically it's just, you know, I give weekly fantasy advice for your lineups if you're into that sort of thing. So you could definitely check that out. The other one is called pretty smart sports and it's kind of just more of like a instructional, videos just about various different things in sports um for instance i'm in the middle of doing a series about different defensive coverages in football so if you're watching a football game you might hear them talking about oh they're in a cover two defense or a cover zero or a cover three or whatever well what in the world does any of that mean and i try to break that down and make it as simple as possible they're not too complex or anything because i want you know you know a kid if a kid wanted to watch this video that he'd be able to you know, come out at the end of it and have a basic understanding of what this meant. Um, so if you are into that sort of thing, you should definitely go and check it out. Um, it's on Twitter and Facebook as well. So if you just search fancy tomorrow or pretty smart sports, 
you should be able to find it. And you can, of course, also follow me on Twitter at ChiefNNY18. Perfect. And uh, Elijah, what do you got? Uh, episode two, uh, Beer Bros East Side should be coming out soon. It's been a couple crazy months, so editing is going slow. Uh, third episode is wrote, uh, should be coming soon as well. We're going to be on video uh, for the second episode. The first episode was not video, uh, audio only. So now from here on out, we should be uh, doing video. Gabe will hopefully post that on the collective page on YouTube. Um, at Beer Bros East on Twitter, at Beer Bros East Side on Instagram, and then my personal Twitter is Creep to Your Left on Twitter and also on Instagram. Let's freaking go, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of updates. You see what you see what happens. We have people who are involved in their own projects, doing their own thing, and they come together. We all come together and we podcast because that's what you do whenever you're part of Wannabe Critic Productions. It has transcended just myself. I still claim to be the wannabe critic, and I, I don that name and I do that thing on uh, two different YouTube channels, Wannabe Music Reviews and The Wannabe Critic, where I play video games and I make video game content. Um, I love, 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 love doing this. I was talking to someone today. We were talking about metrics whenever it comes to content creation. And some of my metrics for stuff that we've made as a collective or myself hasn't done great. I'm still proud of that content because one person watched it. It has watch time on it. Someone consumed that content. It's all you can ever really ask for is at least one person to watch it. And there's all kinds of things you can do to get more views. And there's you can put money into your projects. You can do whatever you want to do to get as many views as possible. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact that you should be happy with the content you're making first. It shouldn't just be all about trying to make money and do whatever. That would be a goal eventually for us for sure for any of our projects. Um. But it ultimately boils down to doing something we genuinely enjoy doing first. So I'm super proud of what we're continuing to build. I'm super proud of you guys' projects. Super, super cool. Not that I have anything to do with Caleb's, but still cool to see him doing that. And um, who knows what we'll do in the future. So thank you so much for uh, listening and tuning in. We're really thankful. Um, We should have some – if you're a Spotify listener, we should have a poll down in the – we should have a poll down in the um, description if you're a Spotify user. So make sure you let us know what you want to see on future episodes and we would greatly appreciate it. So um, if that's all, uh, gentlemen, say goodbye. Adios, amigos. Stay classy, San Diego. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, whatever possessed you to check out any of the content that you saw today, I just want to say thank you so much for doing so. If you check the description down below, you'll see that there's a variety of different projects. So I just wanted to say if you enjoyed what you saw today, consider giving some of those other projects a chance as well. If you were here for me or for someone else that you saw today, um, again, just thank you for checking it out, and uh, I hope to see you again. But until next time... <laughs>